RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. Two men and a teenager are given multi-year prison terms for rioting. Firefighters say a fatal blaze at a public housing estate in Shoutin may have been started intentionally and the government adds the UK to its list of high-risk COVID countries. Two men and a teenager who pleaded guilty to riot charges have been sentenced to up to four years in prison. The judge said they had participated in a brutal and savage riot during which police officers were assaulted. Jimmy Choi reports. 17-year-old Lee Man Him admitted to one charge of rioting, while Long Pak Tim, 24, and 51-year-old Kong Chi Yun pleaded guilty to two charges. They admit they were among a crowd of people who surrounded a police officer and attacked him with umbrellas and other objects in the Newtown Plaza shopping mall in Shatin on the night of July the 14th last year. The two older defendants also attacked another officer who came to his colleague's aid. Judge Amanda Jane Woodcock said the attack is a direct attack on law and order and the defendants had intended to injure and overpower police officers carrying out their duties. She also noted that one of the officers had suffered serious injuries and his vision still remains impaired. The judge ultimately handed down four-year terms to Lang and Kong each while the teenager Lee was sentenced to three years and four months in prison. Democracy activist Joshua Wong has been arrested for allegedly participating in an unauthorised assembly and breaching the anti-mask law during a rally last October. He said he was arrested while reporting to the Central Police Station in relation to a separate case this afternoon. He's now been released on bail and will appear at the Eastern Magistracy next Wednesday. He spoke to reporters as he left the station. With the chilling effect generated by the Beijing authorities, it's the third cases that I need to face already since last June I left prison. But no matter what happened, I will still continue to resist and hope to let the world to know that how Hong Kongers choose not to surrender. Even they can prosecute us, they can arrest us, they can lock us up in prison, but they can't censor out our commitment, continue to fight for freedom. The government has decided to add the UK to its list of high-risk COVID countries, but leave out several other European nations that have also seen a recent surge in coronavirus cases. Wendy Wong has the details. Following a review of Hong Kong's existing border controls, the Health Bureau concluded it would be enough for now to add the United Kingdom to the territory's list of high-risk countries. That means anyone who had been to the UK within the past two weeks must present documentary proof that they had tested negative for COVID-19 within 72 hours before boarding flights to Hong Kong. They must also have booked a hotel for 14 days here, where they are required to stay the entire time. Currently, arrivals from the UK are free to go home for the mandatory two-week quarantine. The high-risk list already comprises of 10 countries, including India, the Philippines and the United States. But infectious disease expert Leung Chi Chu of the Medical Association says the government needs to consider adding other countries such as Spain and France to its list as well. We need to look at other European countries, especially France and Spain, to see whether we need to add them in as well. Uh, for example, in Friday, uh, if uh, someone wants to return to Hong Kong, uh, they can easily take a trip uh, to Spain or France and stay there for 14 days and then come back to Hong Kong without testing and without the lead uh, for quarantine in the hotel. Uh, this is the office loophole. Meanwhile, the Centre for Health Protection confirmed seven new COVID-19 cases today. Firefighters say a fatal blaze that tore through a public flat in Shatin may have been started intentionally. One man died and four other people were hospitalised, with one woman remaining in a critical condition. Joanne Wong reports. 
firefighters were called to the scene at Wing Shui House in Likyun Estate at around 4 p.m. The fire in a flat on the fifth floor escalated quickly. The fire was contained in one apartment, but a woman thought to live in the opposite flat was forced to crawl out of her window and onto a laundry rack. Harrowing footage of her covering her face with a rag as gray smoke billowed out was broadcast live on TV. Firefighters doused her and the open window behind her with water to try to keep the fire at bay. They eventually entered her home and rescued her. The blaze was put out around an hour and a half later when firefighters discovered the body of a man inside the badly burnt flat. Firefighters say they passed the case on to the police because they found accelerant inside the 200 square foot flat. Around 300 people were evacuated during the fire. One of them, a Miss Lung, said there was thick smoke even on the ninth floor. She managed to escape with her two daughters and their pet hamsters. But another woman who lived on the fifth floor said she went home too late to save her poodle, who she thinks died of smoke inhalation. You're listening to RTHK. The time is just after five minutes past eleven. Hong Kong's minimum wage could be frozen for the first time since it was introduced in 2011, with sources saying that a majority of members on the minimum wage commission favour keeping it at $37.50 per hour. Sources say while labour representatives demanded an increase of $2, they've rejected an offer to raise the minimum wage by just 50 cents. Business representatives are said to have opposed any major increase because of the ailing economy, but veteran unionist Li Chiang-yan says they're just using the pandemic as an excuse to suppress the poorest in the community. What they are trying to do is to suppress the wages of the poor sector of the、uh, workers and、uh, putting them in work poverty. And、uh, with uh, even uh, less consumption power, and in this environment of COVID-19, those who are、uh, under minimum wage, they will also suffer from、uh, high unemployment and underemployment rate. So they are hit by unemployment at the same time hit by low wage, even if they find a job. The commission is due to submit its report next month before the government makes a final decision. The court of final appeal may be losing its second foreign judge in quick succession. Days after news emerged that Australian judge James Spiegelman has resigned from the top court, a new report says British judge Peter Millett does not think he'll ever hear any more cases in Hong Kong. The Mingpao newspaper quoted the 88-year-old as saying that the journey from the UK would be too much for his body to bear, and he's already retired. However, the judiciary says Lord Millett remains as one of the 13 non-permanent judges on the top court, and his term runs out. Runs until July next year. Mr. Justice Spiegelman's earlier resignation had sparked concern after he told an Australian media outlet his departure is related to the national security law. Executive Councillor and Barrister Ronnie Tong says setting up a panel to review sentencing guidelines would be a very dangerous move. Lawmaker Holden Chow, the vice chairman of the biggest pro-Beijing party here, the DAB, has called for such a panel, saying the sentencing of some anti-government protesters has been too lenient. Mr. Tong said the result could be political pressure on the judiciary. I think this is、uh, very dangerous because、uh, it, is, it can easily turn into、uh, a political pressure to be brought to bear on judges,、uh, affecting their independence. I think it is the function of the court, in particular the Court of Appeal. To set down the relevant tariff、uh, as to、uh, what punishment should be applied to what cases, and I think we should make more use of this、uh, avenue to set a well-known tariff、uh, as to what kind of punishment 
uh, should be handed out in relation to a particular kind of cases. There's been more backlash against the police's new media accreditation policy to only recognise government-registered media. Eight media groups have jointly accused the force of misleading and lying to the public about the benefits of the decision. They say the change would hinder the work of reporters and added that the force's claims of fake reporters at protest sites aren't backed up by evidence. The chairman of the Hong Kong Journalists Association, Chris Young, said the police are treating the media like an enemy. You cannot even challenge and raise questions, say, in public places. Because by doing so, you may run the risk of, say, being uncooperative or, say, obstructing the work of police officers. The Journalists Association says it's still seeking legal advice on the changes and it isn't ruling out the possibility of launching a judicial review. The Civil Human Rights Front held a short 15-minute meeting with police this afternoon over its plans to hold a protest march on October the 1st. They're hoping to rally to call for the release of 12 Hong Kongers detained in Shenzhen after being arrested in mainland waters last month. But representatives say they're expecting the police to reject their request, noting that their meeting on the planned rally is the shortest one they've ever had. An Australian think tank says China has a far bigger network of detention centres for its Uyghur minority in Xinjiang than was previously thought. The Australian Strategic Policy Institute says it's identified more than 380 suspected facilities. But Beijing says these aren't detention centres at all, just vocational training centres used to counter extremism. Foreign Ministry spokesman Wang Wenbin also questioned the credibility of the Australian think tank, saying it was at the vanguard of anti-China forces. South Korea's President Moon Jae-in has described North Korea's killing of a South Korean fisheries official as shocking and unpardonable. The South Korean military said the official disappeared from a patrol vessel when he was apprehended by North Korean troops. The BBC's Laura Bicker reports from Seoul. The South Korean official was reported missing from a fisheries patrol vessel just a few miles from the sea border with North Korea. The 47-year-old father of two left his shoes behind and appears to have taken a life jacket. Military officials say it's a high probability that he was trying to defect to North Korea, but his family have denied that's a possibility. It appears that a North Korean patrol boat spotted him in the water and kept him there for hours for questioning. Officials in Seoul claim that eventually an order was given to shoot him. Britain is ending the furlough scheme that paid the wages of people working for businesses that closed temporarily because of the coronavirus pandemic. The Finance Minister Rishi Sunak said it will be replaced by a job support scheme paying a smaller portion of the wages. Here's the BBC's Andrew Walker. Britain, in common with many other countries, is experiencing a renewed upsurge in coronavirus cases and some fresh restrictions on business and social activity, though it's far from the widespread lockdown earlier in the year. The main new measure to support jobs is a scheme akin to those in Germany and France to top up the pay of employees working less than their normal hours. It will replace an arrangement which included pay from the government for people who are temporarily not working at all. Mr Sunak also announced the extension of a tax rate reduction for tourism and hospitality, businesses which have been severely affected by the pandemic. Hong Kong exports have continued to decline as the government warned that the SAR's trade performance will likely remain weak in the near term because of the COVID-19 pandemic and geopolitical tensions. The value of total exports fell 2.3% in August year on year and that's a slight improvement from the 3% drop the month before. A trade deficit of $14.6 billion was recorded in August. 
bottled water mogul Zhang San San has completed his meteoric rise to the top of China's rich list, dethroning Alibaba co-founder Jack Ma on Bloomberg's Billionaires Index. Mr. Zhang's net worth has ballooned to an estimated 58.7 billion US dollars, two billion more than Jack Ma, following the successful IPO of his company Nongfu Spring here earlier this month. He's now the second richest person in Asia and the 17th richest in the world. Ocean Park chairman Lau Ming-wai says the theme park will not move to land on Lantau that had previously been earmarked for Hong Kong Disneyland's expansion. Yesterday, the government decided against renewing Disneyland's option to buy the Penny's Bay plot. There have since been calls for Aberdeen-based Ocean Park to move next to Disneyland. But Mr Lau says this would be too expensive. I've heard of the uh, Penny Bay idea. I cannot imagine how expensive it would be to move everything here to over there. So um, I'm not so sure about that idea for the sheer cost. To sports now, and Arsenal are through to the last 16 of the English League Cup. They beat Leicester City 2-0 and maintained their 100% start to the new season. More from the BBC's John Murray. It was only last month Arsenal won the FA Cup and this was a very good start for them in the cup competitions for the new season. They knocked out last season's semi-finalists with two second-half goals. An early Christian Fuchs own goal forced by Nicolas Pepe and a late stumbling six-yard finish from Eddie Nketiah. But Arsenal had been the better team even though James Madison thrillingly curled a shot against a post in the first half and Ayose Perez headed wide in the second when he should have equalised for Leicester. Chelsea are also through to the next round after thrashing Barnsley 6-0. New signing Kai Havertz opened his account with the club with a hat-trick and thanked his teammate Tammy Abraham for the assists. He's a very good striker. I know that before and um, I think our partnership uh, on the pitch was very good and we played uh, very good together and um, yeah, I'm, I'm very thankful for the assists from him and I hope we continue like that. Elsewhere in the League Cup, there were wins for Fulham, Burnley, Brighton, Everton and Newcastle. The former Australian cricket star Dean Jones has died of a heart attack in the Indian city of Mumbai. He was 59. He was in Mumbai to do a television commentary on the Indian Premier League cricket tournament. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Two men and a teenager are given multi-year prison terms for rioting. Firefighters say a fatal blaze at a public housing estate in Shatin may have been started intentionally and the government adds the UK to its list of high-risk Covid countries. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 It's time now to look at stories covered in this evening's Newswrap programme. The government has decided that travellers who have recently been to the UK must now show proof that they have tested negative for COVID-19 before they fly into the SAR. But the administration has left out several other European nations that have also seen a recent surge in coronavirus cases from its list of high-risk COVID countries. An infectious disease expert, Leung Chi Chu of the Medical Association, told Ben Che that authorities should also look to extend restrictions to other countries, so testing and quarantine arrangements can't be circumvented. I think adding UK to the list is the right direction, but uh, we to look at other European countries, especially France and Spain, to see whether we should add them in as well. For example, if someone wants to return to Hong Kong, they can easily take a trip to Spain or France and stay there for 14 days and then come back to Hong Kong without testing and without the lead uh, for quarantine in a hotel. This is the office loophole, 
And if they choose to stay in France and Spain, they are subject to even greater uh, in such a Swiss because the situation there may be worse than that in Britain at the current moment. And the situation is not likely to improve in the coming weeks because most of the European government may find it difficult to reimpose stringent social distancing measures. And with the reopening of the school and increases in social mixing, especially among young adults aged between 20 to 40, and there may be increasing spread of the disease within the community. Now, you've just mentioned the uh, loophole whereby some may um, transit from elsewhere and not fly directly from certain uh, destinations. How can this problem be addressed? Currently, our regulation only cover those who are returning to Hong Kong, but not for transit passengers who go through the Hong Kong airport to other places. And that is a loophole we need to re-examine. For the other European countries, uh, we probably to include uh, other uh, high-risk European countries in the list. Although there might not be too many overseas students in Spain or in France, but as I mentioned, if someone chooses to go there for a short stay of 14 days, they may easily uh, evade uh, the current testing and uh, hotel quarantine arrangement. Mm. And that is uh, something that we may uh, examine. Furthermore, I mean, uh, there is very few uh, travel restrictions within Europe, and it may be difficult to control the infrastructure uh, on board the airplanes if there are too many passengers coming from high-risk area. And whether we need to look at the whole I think, EU uh, as a unit and uh, in uh, listing as a high risk area is something that we may have to consider. And just finally, with uh, a spike in COVID cases in so many countries happening, are you expecting a fourth wave to hit Hong Kong soon? Whether a fourth wave uh, will hit Hong Kong will depend heavily on how good we can control our borders to prevent uh, importation of COVID-19 cases. Besides testing of those people coming from high-risk areas before they bought their flights, we should also tighten our quarantine arrangement in Hong Kong. For example, uh, we should ask them to be quarantined in specified hotel where more stringent uh, infection control measures can be implemented and monitored. Those who may be coming back to Hong Kong through other countries, we need to make certain that uh, the airlines in other countries uh, may also be uh, familiar with the current arrangement so that we will not encounter other cases that come back to Hong Kong via other low-risk areas. Now, you can do yoga just about anywhere nowadays in Hong Kong. There are plenty of studios and classes on offer. But now, Ocean Park is putting forward some options that you may not even have known you wanted. Candice Wong explains. Allow yourself to feel... Feel like doing a headstand or maybe just a lotus pose? No, not in your living room or in a studio. What about next to a pot of swimming seals, maybe in front of a hammerhead shark or on a paddle board in the middle of a man-made lake? It may sound a tad bizarre, but those are just some of the new services Ocean Park has just announced. The cash-strapped theme park is offering full 
hour-long yoga classes at multiple locations, including inside the aquarium, in the artificial lake outside, and next to seals and walruses at its North Pole encounter. These classes start next month and cost an extra $80 for regular customers. Visitors who've bought a special $380 package get it for free, though. And if yoga is not your cup of tea, visitors can choose to hike on the Nam Long Shan Trail underneath the park's signature cable car together with guides. The park says this has never been open to the public before. And fans of glamping may want to look into camping out overnight inside the park. Don't worry about the heat or the mosquitoes, though. These tents will be fully air-conditioned with showers. Such luxuries come at a premium, though. The park expects the price to be something below $3,000 for a family of four. All these initiatives are part of the park's new green staycation campaign. The struggling park has been closed for much of this year and had to take a $5.4 billion in public money to stave off bankruptcy. It's hoping that these initiatives will help turn the tide. Here's the park chairman, Lao Ming Wai. The uh, green staycation that uh, we are launching, I think, is just the beginning. The rethink process is ongoing. Traditionally, people associate Ocean Park with pandas and roller coaster, not sup yoga, not uh, uh, glamping. So that, that's the first objective, to really give people a, a, a fresh experience. The, the second one is um, equally to, to really test these ideas. We can find out uh, what works, what doesn't work. He has also rejected a proposal to move the whole park to Penny's Bay in Lentau after the government decided to withdraw an option for Disneyland to purchase the plot as part of its long-term expansion plans. Proponents of the move said it would have created synergy with Disneyland, but Mr Lau says this idea would likely cost too much. South Korea's military says North Korean troops shot dead a South Korean fisheries official who went missing near the border earlier this week before dousing his body with oil and setting it on fire. Pyongyang has not responded to demands from Seoul for an explanation. RTHK's South Korean correspondent Frank Smith spoke to Anna-Marie Evans. Well, I think, you know, it's difficult to tell just what has happened yet. This is all based on what the South Korean military is saying, the Joint Chiefs of Staff and their statements and and the government. And uh, certainly there'll be an investigation. South Korean President Moon Jae-in has been briefed on the matter by his national security team. He called the killing of this uh, 47-year-old man a shocking, uh, intolerable incident. And it'll certainly, uh, you know, push back his rapprochement toward North Korea. And uh, in terms of the case itself, I mean, how do they know? They're sort of saying, oh, he was found in the North's waters. Well, how would they know that? What they're saying is that from the position that he had, what they said was left the ship, jumped the ship. They say that a report suggests that he also left his shoes on the ship that he left, a 500-ton fisheries boat. He is a fisheries official that was on a monitoring mission of South Korean fishers in the, in the area. And they say that he also took a life jacket with him and another flotation device and that he had actually drifted several kilometers north of the maritime demarcation line that separates North Korea from South Korea in the West Sea. They also saying that he uh, had expressed an intention to defect to North Korea. 
really uh, interesting some of the detail that has come out. They, they're saying that he was actually interrogated by North Korean officials while he was still in the water and then essentially executed at that point and lit on fire at that point by uh, North Koreans on their boat. And how they got such a very detailed mm. intelligence it remains to be seen. But if he's trying to def- if he's trying to defect, why kill him? Well, the sort of reasoning goes is that uh, expressed by expert here, experts here is that North Korea has taken a very hard line in terms of the coronavirus um, epidemic. It was January when they sealed the border with China. And so they're saying that these measures were actually taken to prevent any potential coronavirus spread. North Korea says that it has zero coronavirus in the country, which is, uh, I think, probably disputed by, by experts outside of North Korea. But that's been sort of floated as, as a reason why they did this. And it, there's also military intelligence says that this was... The killing, the execution of this man was approved or authorized by a chain of command in North Korea as well. The fact that North Korea is shut because of the coronavirus, would that have a bearing? Um, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, certainly South Korea is enraged uh, pretty much at what what's happened here. And, you know, even President Moon Jae-in again said that this was shocking and intolerable. What What is interesting is how, I think here in South Korea, is how this will affect the kind of engagement policy. Moon, President Moon Jae-in is interested in engagement with North Korea. Just at the U- United Nations a few days ago, he called for uh, a declaration to end the Korean War. The South Korean government has pursued small-scale um, cooperation projects with North Korea, trying to carefully work around the United Nations Security Council sanctions against the North to do that, as well as proposing aid um, toward North Korea, which you know has suffered arguably we don't know how much um, in terms of the coronavirus, but also has had a, a typhoon and flood there. So, um, you know, how this will shake out for South Korea's sort of North Korea rapprochement policy um, will, will, I guess, develop in the, in the coming days as we know more specifically about what happened and as we can sort of gauge more accurately public opinion um, here in South Korea. I would imagine that it's much more um, common that uh, people try to defect from North Korea down to the south, um, often via China. Um, but uh, how rare is it that, that somebody is trying to defect to the north? And what would, you know, if we just speculate, what the reasoning could have been? Well, I'm not sure. It's, it's very unusual for people to defect from, from uh, South Korea to the north. There have only been a, a few cases. There have been some cases where a former North Korean defector has gone back um, to North Korea. Um, But, uh, again, it's very, very unusual for a South Korean to go there. There have been some uh, other details of this individual that have been floated in the press that I can't really confirm that say that he had some financial troubles, had declared bankruptcy, and and also had some some family problems, had recently undergone a divorce. But I think that uh, information detailing the, the, I guess, likely reasons why 
this has taken place again will will come out in the coming days. The French singer, actress and cultural icon Juliette Greco has died at the age of 93. Born in 1927, she was one of the best-known figures of the Parisian left bank in the years after the Second World War, when she became known as the muse of existentialism. The BBC's Julian Bedford looks back at her life and work. The philosopher Jean-Paul Sartre said Juliette Greco had millions of poems in her voice and her songs charted the rebirth of France after the misery of occupation. Beautiful, intelligent and always dressed in black, Greco was a key part of the left-bank scene and her songs such as Paris Canaille and Jolie Môme the soundtrack to that era. She was a lover of the jazz legend Miles Davis, a drinking companion to Orson Welles and a close friend to Sartre. A member of the resistance during the war, Greco was imprisoned by the Nazis, aged just 15. On her release, she walked the 10 kilometres back to Paris, the city she was to call her spiritual home for the rest of her life. Greco continued producing records and performing until well into her 80s, but said the concert she was most proud of was one arranged by the Chilean dictator General Pinochet in 1981. The hall was abuzz with anticipation as she came on stage, but a dozen songs later she left to total silence. She'd given a recital of songs banned by her host. Jolie mom. Those stories were part of the Newswrap programme, which was broadcast on RTHK earlier this evening. Hi, I'm Lazy Lion. To fight this pandemic, don't hold gatherings or join large-scale activities. Event organisers should adopt contingency measures to postpone or cancel events or temporarily close facilities. The public should avoid crowded places as far as possible. Don't host or join gatherings with family and friends. Find an open space to stretch. Social distancing can help prevent the spread of COVID-19. These are the tips for you and me to prevent COVID-19. Live across Hong Kong, this is Radio 3. January to December, we'll have moments to Absolutely right. Moments to remember. Moments that we want to hear. Songs that goes back through the years. Favorite songs like this one. Green Sleeves with Richard Clayderman.
that was, of course, Green Sleeves, played by Richard Clayderman, piano and orchestra. Here's our good friend Jim Reeves. I love you because you understand it. Every single thing I try to do. What the 